0: this is the morning brief from The economic Times produced in collaboration with आwas.com मेरा सभी दे सवासों से यह आगर है कि आने वाले कुछ सप्ता तक जब बहुत जरवरी हो तभी अपने घर से बाहर निकले Jitana ho Hosake, Aap Apna Kam, Chahe Business Office Hosaketo Apne Kare.
1: This was Prime Minister Narendra Modi's first address to the nation on COVID 19. It's exactly 365 days since the nationwide lockdown declared by the Indian government. What a roller coaster ride it has been. From waking up to silent roads and chirping birds to gloomy days that burdened us with losses of life, of jobs, and of faith that we humans were invincible. The hardships we endured produce stories of despair as well as stories of compassion and courage, symbolizing the human spirit. Words like epidemic, pandemic, sanitizers and masks became a part of our daily conversations. Perhaps what kept us going was the hope of a vaccine. In this episode, we look back at the year that seemed to have taken years to get over. But more importantly, we'll explore what's next. From the Economic Times, I'm Rachita Prasad and you're listening to The Morning Brief. I have invited four experts from the Economic Times who will throw light on how we battled and continue to fight the pandemic and how the lockdown affected the economy, businesses and the equity markets and what lies ahead. Before we dive in, let's take a quick recap of the year that was. On December 31, 2019, Chinese officials alerted the World Health Organization about cases of pneumonia of unknown cause detected in Wuhan city. January 11th, China reported the first known death from an illness caused by a new coronavirus. Shortly after that, on January 30th, 2020, India reported its first case of novel coronavirus in Kerala, a medical student who had returned from Wuhan. On January 31st, India first airlifted citizens from China, in what would be the start of the largest repatriation exercise to bring civilians home. February 11th, the World Health Organization officially named the coronavirus disease COVID-19. March 11th, the WHO declares COVID-19 as a pandemic. In the week that followed, India reported its first COVID death and then banned the entry of foreigners for a month. On 18th March 2020, Prime Minister Narendra Modi addressed the nation. He asked Indians to follow guidelines of general precaution to avoid the spread of the coronavirus. He also announced a voluntary lockdown and asked people to show solidarity by clapping and cheering. 22nd March 2020 Almost 50 days after the virus was first reported in India, the country observed a 14 hour voluntary lockdown called the Janta curfew. The stock market plummeted by the most on a single day on March 23rd. On March 25th, exactly a year ago, the nationwide lockdown came into force until April 14th. The government maintained there was absolutely no need to panic. But what was missing was a clear plan on how essential supplies would be made available and how the migrant workers would survive without daily wages. State borders were closed and bus and train services halted, leaving millions of migrants stranded in cities miles away from home. Images of hungry children walking barefoot, women carrying all their belongings on their head, and a child in their arm shook the country that had to some degree become complacent to the inequities in the society. Some unlikely heroes emerged. Among them was Sonu Soor.
2: When um, I was sending these migrants back to their homes, you know, every bus, every train, every flight, I used to uh, go and see them. off. I, I had one question that, you know, when I'm going to come back, they used to say, Ki, sir, jaldi nilega, toh, or, yeah, so, I thought you know, uh, it's, there's so much of insecurity in their heads that they don't know whether they'll be able to get any kind of job and you talk to anyone, your friends or anyone, uh, uh, you know, everyone feels that you know, uh, nothing is going to happen, uh, people are losing jobs and there's so much of, uh, I would say, uh,
1: dullness in the, uh, in the system. Some businesses were closed, many others moved to work from home models. And then the lockdown was extended as cases continued to increase. City roads were eerily silent as economic activity came to a standstill. It then became clear that the government had to intervene. And it did. On May 14th, Finance Minister Nirmala Sitaraman announced the first set of relief measures under the government's Atmanirbhar Bharat Abhiyan. Today's initiatives which are getting announced as a part of the second tranche that we are announcing today,
2: focuses on migrant workers street vendors small traders self employed
1: people small farmers how effective was this intervention we have with us deepshika sikarwar editor economics to tell us what the economy looks like a year after the lockdown deepshika
2: If you see in terms of the total spending, uh, the finance minister has said that, you know, the total expenditure on all the packages. And if I could just say that the first package was announced immediately after the lockdown was announced, which was the Kalyan, Pradhan Mantri Garib Kalyan package, uh, which was in March. Uh, So the total spending has been pegged at 13 percent of the GDP. Uh, however, as we have seen, most of these measures, uh, if you leave apart the Pradhan Mantri Garib Kalyan package, which did have, uh, you know, some immediate relief in terms of a cash transfer to, uh, the Jandhan accounts. And of course, uh, food, uh, additional ration through the, uh, na- uh PDS, uh, supplies. Uh, besides that, the direct intervention uh, or direct handout or direct uh, demand support has been absent in that sense. Uh, these measures have largely been focused on supply side, on investment side. So if you look at all the Atmanirbhar packages, three of them and the Pradhan Mantri Garib Kalyan packages. First quarter was really bad. The GDP was totally sort of hit very hard, shaved off. We have recovered from there. That was like sort of a rock bottom. We are now going to close the year with about 8% contraction that the government expects. However, there is going to be a bounce back in the coming fiscal. Uh, The expectations are that we could grow double digit, you know, 11% or so, uh, the various estimates are available. However, if you look at the size of the GDP, it will take us almost two to three years to have actually returned to the size of the GDP that was pre-COVID. In terms of key, you know, incentives to actually spur manufacturing in the country, to spur investment in the country, those have happened. But measures to support demand, that did not come.
1: On June 8, 2020, India started a phased reopening after 75 days of lockdown. By now, the country had reported 2.5 lakh cases of COVID-19 and over 7,000 deaths. But life for most Indians had changed. Work from home became a norm. Many lost their jobs and others faced salary cuts as companies tried to stay afloat. Soumya Bhattacharya who heads a team of reporters at ET that closely follows careers, human resource practices, and the job market, joins us. Soumya, what's the job market looking like right now? Will downsizing continue? Who is hiring right now?
3: India's job market saw six consecutive turbulent uh, months amid the pandemic. So this was April to uh, September 2020 uh as deepshika said the economy hit uh, the rock bottom and so did the job market so job recovery has been picking up pace in the last couple of quarters in a major way hospitality and brick and mortar retail is yet to pick up however uh, manufacturing is coming back strong education and edtech is doing well technology is doing very well healthcare has been doing pretty well through the last one year uh in terms of campus placements IIMs have done very well, so have IITs. Um, A large part of the placement has been driven by new age companies, e-commerce, startups. Uh, While tier two and tier three uh, institutes are not doing as well as is expected, and uh, that is going to continue for some more months. If things continue, if the vaccination drive goes as planned, um, and if the sentiment keeps reviving, the job market will, is expected to uh, um, reach its pre-COVID levels around the last two quarters of 2021.
1: In sharp contrast to the gloom and doom that consumed most people, the stock market seemed upbeat. It recouped pre-lockdown losses and the benchmark index Sensex moved close to the 50,000 mark by the end of 2020. Nishant Vasudevan, who heads market coverage at ET, is here to give us some perspective. Nishant, CXOs are saying that companies have started operating at pre-COVID levels. Is this actually reflecting in their financial results?
0: So what's happening right now is that uh, the corporate earnings uh, in the past nine months, uh, they have actually surprised. They have beaten all uh, market estimates. So purely uh, uh, speaking from a corporate's earning point of view, it has been more or less a B-shaped recovery in the uh, past nine months. It has been led by uh, IT, Pharma, uh, Auto, surprisingly, and also there has been a commodity upcycle in the in the in the last uh, uh, three to four months. So that is what has been happening so far. And next year, uh, revenues are expected to grow at least by 15 to 20 percent. Uh, that is because of a low base and uh, better investments by the government the problem now over here is that there are some cost pressures building up for companies because of the rising commodity prices globally uh, so far uh, companies have had um, low price raw material inventories uh, so they were able to they were able to withstand the the um, high commodity price pressures But now on, all these uh, inventories have been depleted and now they'll have to source it afresh. So, this could end up becoming a problem for the companies. Now, it will all depend on whether how they are able to pass on the, the cost to the consumers and how consumers are able to absorb it. If consumers resist, then they have some serious problems on the sales side.
1: While the markets may have been upbeat, the general sentiment may have actually got a boost only when the vaccination drive started in January 2021, beginning with the frontline workers. We at The Morning Brief have been updating you with the latest developments on the vaccination drive. Let's hear from ET's pharma expert Divya Rajgopal, who has been closely monitoring this space. Divya, how has India fared so far in vaccinating people? So, Rachita, earlier this week,
4: India touched uh, close to 5 crore uh, total uh, vaccine doses that it's administered in the country. This is third third highest in the world. So uh, if you look at the total number of vaccine doses, uh, if country wise, United States leads, followed by China, and then it is India. However, if you look at cumulatively, the number seems very great. But if you look at population wise, India is nowhere close to uh, vaccinating even 10 percent of its population. And that's where we have to get in. So we saw that uh, the government has quickly moved and opened up the vaccination to everyone who is about the age of 45 year old. It's a welcome move considering the, uh, the growing number of cases that we are seeing. Let's hope that this move inches up the vaccination number per 100 population. Which is required for us to uh, to prevent severe diseases and deaths that might come in with the rising number of cases, so there are several indications or timelines that have been proposed. One of the timelines which I was reading somewhere is one of the Lumora reports that says that it will take till November that we are going to vaccinate the, the at least a twenty percent chunk of the population. Which is what uh, WHO, for example, is aiming for. Uh, however, we always knew this. I think it's very important for us to also remember that, you know, we, in this podcast also, I have said this many times before is that uh, realistically, it's end of 2021 is when we can see that a substantial part of India's, at least the healthcare and the essential workers will be vaccinated. So that's, and that's exactly the timeline seems to be going where we are saying that perhaps end of uh, this year, where we'll see at least 20% of the population getting vaccinated.
1: Just when we thought that there was light at the end of the tunnel, India was hit by what seems to be a second wave of COVID-19.
0: If we not this outbreak the outbreak. the second peak of the So what
1: now? Can the economy withstand the second wave and potential lockdowns? Deepshika, over to you. If you look at, uh, you know, what's
2: happening, Rachita, on the ground, we were talking about a V-shaped recovery some time back. It looks more like a K-shape with some sectors doing well and some sectors still to sort of pick up pace. The second wave as it is being called by experts this is posing some new challenges for the economy because there are these lockdowns that are happening in although it is not a widespread lockdown these lockdowns are very uh you know centered around a few districts and few areas uh, which is there but it has definitely sort of hit the sentiment and which obviously is very uh, important because we had just begun to see some form of recovery sort of coming in, in the sentiment, uh, which is again being sort of dented. Uh, In terms of numbers, uh, if you look at will this, will these lockdowns, uh, which are, you know, in few districts, a few states, uh, uh, recall new restrictions which are coming in, will they really have a big impact in numbers they may not have that big an impact uh, it could be very very marginal uh, because of the low base in uh, current financial year we will have that you know base push uh,
0: in the next year
1: Nishant how are investors looking at the second wave what's the outlook for the equity markets now
0: so far, investors have not really acted on the rising COVID cases in India because it has been restricted to just a few states. Uh, but the uh, and the and the bigger problem for the market has been the rise in US bond yields. Uh, but now, off late, in the past two days, there are some uh, rising concerns uh, uh, over COVID in Europe. Uh, there's been a rise in infections in big economies like Germany and. Uh, France, which have been uh, uh, forced to reimpose some fresh restrictions. So, that has been worrying some uh, market participants. Uh, If you look at the markets today, uh, the global markets today, it has fallen because of that in addition to the rising bond yields. Specific uh, to the Indian markets, there is confidence that uh, the government will be able to contain it. But uh, if the global markets fall on, uh, on COVID worries, Indian markets uh, will not be insulated just because, uh, you know, the concerns over uh, COVID spreading in India is not very high.
1: What about workplaces? How are people working now and what will be the new normal, as we are calling it? Soumya, what's the sense you are getting from your interactions with companies and recruiters?
3: The biggest trend uh, that the pandemic has actually uh, pushed in a major way is that uh, remote working will be the norm. Some workplace models are going to stick around even after the pandemic. So we are looking at a hybrid model of working, even when we are done with this pandemic. There's going to be work from home. There's going to be partial work from office. And there's going to be roles which cannot be work from home or partial work from home. And these will be work from office roles. Companies have already introduced hot desking. uh, And this is going to gain momentum further because uh, um, a large number of people need to be in office, maybe twice a week or once a week. So this is happening across sectors, barring a few like manufacturing, this can't be done. And there are operations role that need to be there in, in, uh, uh, in uh, factories, offices, etc. Remote working uh, is uh, will also mean that now the talent pool in tier two and tier three markets will have more uh, opportunities of work. Talent models are changing as a consequence of this. Uh, we've already seen a lot of companies especially even in bfsi sector where they're saying that we will hire a lot of white collar gig workers so the new um, new normal of work looks like a combination of factors which is a hybrid work model a hybrid talent model and right now the conversations in companies are about how to get it right the
1: biggest concern of course still remains healthcare Divya, with the concerns of reinfections, new variants, and a spike in cases, what's going to be the road ahead?
4: One thing is that, of course, it seems like there is a possibility of reinfection. People who got infected before are getting reinfected, and this is the nature of the virus. The second thing is that viruses mutate, and that's what we are seeing. There is new variants that have emerged. What what India has been doing is that India has been sequencing for variants from Brazil and from South Africa, but we also have to look at our own emerging variants. And I think this, these are what are driving the cases. There are some things that we need to sort of feel good about where we are not in 2020 March. We have to be very clear about that. 2021 March should be different than 2020 March because in a year's time, the physicians who are treating COVID patients know what kind of clinical protocol to use. There are much more medicines that are available, which was not there in March. People had no clue on how to treat patients. And that's the reason why we also saw more number of deaths. But 2021, we have vaccines. We have uh, therapies that's available to treat the disease. We also know what works and what does not work. And uh, finally, the only aim right now for any public health professional should be to uh, prevent deaths because that's where we are heading towards. There is this whole global conversation that's happening where people are finally coming to terms that we never are going to have a zero COVID situation. This is the whole thing about getting the cases to zero, which seems to be like a new catchword might not happen. And we have to sort of learn to live with the virus. But what any public health professional should be looking at is that how can we bring down the number of deaths or how can we ensure that the number of cases going up does not result into equally number of deaths. So that's the only way forward, I would say, is going to be that how can we avoid deaths? Because we have all the tools that we did not have last year.
1: A year gone by, but the pandemic is far from over. The bad news, of course, is that there is a second wave of COVID cases. But the good news is that we have learned from our experience during the pandemic and we are better equipped to handle it. This is still a story in making and we need to wait and watch. The only thing we know for sure is that we still have to protect ourselves and others from this pandemic. That's all from us for now. Thank you Deepshikha, Soumya, Nishant and Divya for your time and perspective. I'm Rachita Prasad and you have been listening to The Morning Brief. This episode was edited by Shashwat Mohanty. Shashwat was also coordinating this episode. I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode. We look forward to your feedback. Write to us at TimesGroup.com. And if you like this episode, please do share it on social media. The Morning Brief airs every Tuesday, Thursday and Friday. Thank you for listening and have a great day.
2: Avazz